This is the ModPod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Mod Pod. Yes, we've survived episode one and we are back with another three topics for this week. Uh, I'm Peter Vasey, I'm Head of Technical Services from Modality, and I'm joined this week by Kathy Carter, Senior Project Manager, and Paul Hayward, Senior Solutions Architects for the company. Today's topics are emergency callings in Teams. Is it a real thing anymore? Can you really put contact center in Teams? And does your choice of background really affect how people treat or view you? So let's crack on with topic number one. Emergency calling in Teams in the modern world with most people working from home with a potential return to the office at some point this decade is the ability to make an emergency call using teams still relevant today do you think no there you go yeah. next topic yes <laughs> <laughs> um oh wow it, uh, there's lots of little bits and pieces to this one isn't there um the ability to dial and and basically tell the emergency services where you are if you've got a mobile phone, if you've got um, Teams and app running on your mobile, if you're using a laptop from potentially any of your offices or coffee shop or something like that, surely, surely it's got to be a solution that's on its way out. How can you? How can we really get to the point where we're sure where anybody is? I, uh, no, no, I don't think. I don't think it's got long to live. I think there's still a duty of care for companies to provide some means for employees to make a call using a, a handset or something like that. And I, but I do agree with you. Like, if I'm in Facebook emergency, and I have been in the past uh, in the office, I would tend to use my mobile because I can sit it beside me. If somebody's collapsed, it's there on the floor beside them. I'm not running back and forth to the desk to the floor. It's just practical, you know. The mobile's there, but if you're talking about fire emergencies, obviously you'd run them scarper with your mobile phone. Exactly. I mean, I, I can't see in, in if we take fire as a prime example, if the building's burning down, hang on a second, let me just sign into my my client, and I'm going to sit at my desk making <laughs> making the call. Now, yeah. I think, yeah, th I think the vast majority of people these days are just going to grab their mobile, assuming they've you know they've got one, mm -hmm. and then do a runner out the door or, or or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, I guess not everybody has them. There are certain manufacturing or health or whatever it may be, sort of arenas that people work in where they're probably not allowed to take their um, their mobiles into into that sort of work situation. Um, but surely that's that's got to be quite into the minority now, I would have thought, wouldn't it? Somewhat. There's some MOD sites or highly secure sites that they still adhere to those things you're not allowed to bring mobile devices in end off um but the number of times i've got up on my desk gone to the loo locked myself out and i'm thinking is that an emergency but i've no means of contacting anybody rather than hammering a door hoping that somebody let me in you know <laughs> but you know having a phone 
in those circumstances, you know, at least you can phone somebody. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure locking yourself out was quite the emergencies we were talking yeah. about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's got married. It's got I've, married. I've, done it, you, I've done it a few times. <laughs> you do you, Cathy. If you take your laptop to the toilet and you feel you need to use Teams to tell <laughs> well, That's the problem, you see. I, I don't. <laughs> that's <where> I <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I, maybe it's a maybe it's a shift that needs to happen from the emergency services side because they must be entering a point where they can't trust the information being provided to them. Is it is it going to be a case of you get to a, a situation where um, organisations have to go through a I don't know like a validation every year if we get a number from this a call from this number it is absolutely going to be on this building site in this this region and then everything else is taken if it's not got that little gold star or something next to it then is it is it something that they automatically then ask where are you or are they just gonna always ask where you are typically when i've ever phoned them they've always asked where you are yeah it sounds like i've phoned them i was gonna say it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't happen that way but i have been in a few instances where i am at the phone yes. emergency service. Well, I speak to Jonathan regularly on the police call desk every Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> That's another story altogether, Pete. It is. <laughs> it is. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, is it going to be one of these things that sort of hangs around as a as a sort of a leftover legacy? Because I know from from the technical side, Paul, you know, configuring e nine one one and all that sort of stuff can actually be quite a big beast can't it uh, it's very involved sometimes i liken it to an out-of-body experience um with the amount of coordination work that you need to do with um not just the network team to find out ip addresses but um depending on the makeup of the actual technicals of the company that you're working with you may have to know where any uh, every individual switch within a building is and what part of the building that that switch services. So picking up on you saying E911 just a few minutes ago, E911 is extremely involved. For anybody that doesn't know about E911, it's a, basically a response to a lot of legislation within the US where as a caller, you have to provide the location of the person to the public service answering point so they know where you are. And whereas in the UK, when we phone the emergency services, or when Cathy does, she <laughs> verifies where she is. You know, I am at so-and-so address, or I'm on um, St George's Street, as an example. Do you think, do you think you... we're going to get to some sort of point, sorry to cut across you, do you think we're going to get to some sort of point where we end up with a sort of a geotagging service, geolocation service tagged onto in those sorts of calls? I think it's going to get a lot smarter globally, personally. So we have services like Teams which can provide that location awareness to the emergency services if you set it up co- correctly. But I also think that mobile phones, if you look at the UK with a big push on what three words utilise to show where you are in the event of emergency which has helped save numerous lives of people stuck up hills or sorry Mm. mountains i just call them hills (laughs) and i think that particularly mobile phones are going to actually start being able to pass 
your geolocation coordinates off the GPS chip in your phone to the emergency services when you make that call. As much as a verification of where you are to mm. stop prank callers, but also for if you are stuck up Mount Snowden, you get in trouble. Instead of having to pull up what three words, find your three words and then say that out, it's going to automatically give that I mean, to emergency services. I mean, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as relatively technically sound shall we say um not as deep as you know the likes of somebody like you but um the logic behind it to say if you place a call to 999 from your mobile or your your app or whatever it may be if you match that pattern send some coordinates it's, it, surely it can't be that big a leap it's it's just something that needs to be agreed and standardized and and rolled out, isn't it? There's potential privacy concerns around it. Um, if you can do it for one type of call, you can do it for others, but nothing that can't be handled at a technical level by, like you say, stripping it down so it's only an emergency services call that can do that. Oh, yeah, also. I mean, it would, it would need to be obviously regulated from, from yeah. people far um far more sort of um, empowered than, than, than we would be on that kind of thing but i mean if you're dialing an emergency services number surely that kind of thing must be in consideration somewhere along the lines yeah. i would like to hope so yeah it just makes me think about all the spy movies where they're doing you know trying to find people through their mobile usage and last time you think is that all true can they do triangulation and find well, people it <laughs> to be honest, uh, every month I get an email from a certain search engine service that tells me where I've been, which obviously is not very far at the moment. Um, so the tracking services are all there, you know. Yeah. Oh, how did you like the co-op? Well, it was the same as every other time I've been there. Thanks very much. I'm not going to rate it again. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think there's um, the services have got to be there. It's got to be a case of pulling it together, I think. Cool. So what's the summary on that one then? Is it going away? Probably not, I guess. Not no. anytime soon. No. Should it go yeah. away? Probably at some point. Great. <laughs> for saving you some work, Paul. Nothing else. <laughs> well, if it'll save me some work, I'm all for it. Get rid of it. <laughs> and on that note, let's move to topic two. Can you really put contact centers into MS Teams? Okay. Is there any more to that question or is it just well, kind yeah, of? Yeah, like, well, we all heard in sort of like 2018, 19, that we're at Microsoft, we're going to develop APIs to make the Teams work, our contact centers work properly in Teams. Are we there yet? Um, should people have been holding off moving from Skype for Business? Uh, and moving their contact centers from Skype for Business into Teams, or even from legacy contact centers using PSDN calling, et cetera, into Teams. Are we at a point now where we can reliably say it's going to work as a contact center? Okay. I think there are a couple of angles to this. Okay, I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna come out with a true consultant's answer now. It depends. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've said it, I've said it. Um, I guess whether or not we're talking about telephony 
as a contact centre, which is what I think people traditionally think yeah. of. Um, we're obviously seeing a big shift now into chat based uh, contact centres, social media based contact centres. Um, moving away from that sort of the, the you know, the, the voice based stuff. Um, if you take the answer of can you? Well, the answer is yes. You know, there's several vendors out there that uh, claim to be able to do it, and some of them do it in different forms to to the others. Um, I think, from my understanding, most of them are missing the last little piece of the jigsaw from from Microsoft, um, but they all have some kind of offering. I guess the question is, if you've got a contact center at the moment, not can you, but should you? review your contact center into yeah. teams um because there's a whole bunch of functionality around um you know obviously if take an example if you are just a voice contact center could you use the native call queuing in in microsoft and, and get away with that however if you want the bells and whistles then yeah you probably should do paul what do you reckon I'm going to sit on the fence as well. Um, it all depends. <laughs> you said it too now. Yeah. The, just taking taking off your point about depends on what the contact centre does. Is it, Actually, it's, it's not a cop-out answer. It, it really does. If you have a full connected contact centre using chat, email, fax. Some people still fax. Dying years ago, surely. Still happens. Um, then you've got calls on top of that. You may have some AI services that handle some of your chat functions on your website within the contact center. Integrating Teams with that and utilizing Teams could be as simple, depending on the vendor, of just receiving a phone call within the Teams client. You know, some of the cloud contact centers, all they do is phone a phone number. So Teams is kind of already the contact center client anyway. Um, when you're looking at whether it's a fully tightly integrated contact center like some of the Skype for Business ones, again, it comes to um, a, a question of are the vendor features that you need mature enough yet? If the answer is no, do you have a middle ground? If the answer to that is no, then you're stuck with Skype for a little bit more until things catch up. But most of the vendors that I work with in the contact center space within Skype for Business and Teams, everything is there and thereabouts. It's just waiting for these last few little pieces mm. to uh, to finish the finish the puzzle. So think, again, it depends. Yeah, I think I think from from what I've seen and with the work we've done, because let's face it, we do a lot of contact center work, right? Yeah. Um, the offerings that we have, I think fit the bill are they 100 perfect not quite because they are waiting for that little bit are they strong enough to allow somebody to move their contact center into teams yeah i think they are i think there's very few reasons now why why people wouldn't start taking that as their core strategy you know we are talking about some fairly minor things um but you know it depends whether i, I guess whether you have a a federated sort of approach with the contact center or whether you're actually doing it as a you know trusted application um the one thing that we're seeing common across 
almost every single customer is the fact that it's all going cloud-based. I don't think we've done an on-prem one for for ages. No, I can't remember good, doing good that. couple of years anyway. I would have thought. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I think you can. I think you can. I, I, I'd, I'd struggle, I think, at the moment to find a reason why you couldn't. So I've seen this great surge, and obviously because of COVID lockdowns, where people had had their uh, legacy telephony systems with their wonderful uh, contact centres, but they had to be in the office, and the agents had to be in the office to respond to those things. So because of COVID and things, remote working kicked in. So a lot of people were diverting the calls to teams. Essentially, mm. they it, it, they stood up teams very quickly. So I'm uh, finding a lot of people were making making that final decision: will it work? In most of the programs that I've delivered, like you say, it depends on what you want, the feature is, what features you require. But on the whole, most people have migrated successfully mm. to the new so, contact centres. There's <clears throat> a follow-on question then: mm. Is the traditional contact centre of loads of people sat in banks of desks dead? Mm, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use, I'll use <laughs> Are we going to have a depends I'll, count now? It depends. <laughs> it depends. Um, if they get the wallboards and the information um, and all those good things visible, because I've known agents who like to see what the call queues are coming in. The supervisors want to see what their agents are doing. Um, and sometimes they like to walk over to people. So it's a traditional, you know, hands-on approach in contact centres versus working remotely and some of it's um, very difficult for them to move to transition from where they, were, they used to do business to how they now have to do it remotely and managing a remote do, team. Do some, of, do some of those companies still operate punch cards as you enter the building and, and leave? No. <laughs> I, say it. I have used a punch card in my time in anger. Oh, <laughs> I would imagine. I, I don't know. I mean, I've 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 never worked in a uh, a call center, contact center environment, but I would imagine the culture of having people together is probably really important to making that work as an environment. Yeah. I, I mean, I I worked in one in a past life, and it is quite a a troublesome environment to work in if you're. A highly social person and you're not surrounded by people um, because you're constantly answering or making phone calls or handling some form of interaction with a customer those pieces bits of downtime that 15 minutes to grab a cup of tea or your hour lunch break and just to be able to actually just interact with people that work within the contact center is really important to the people when they work in there so i think that the contact center environment will maintain being that within the office viewpoint but a much more hybrid approach where some people will be home working you know it may be a 60 40 split or some other percentage we can make up i think Uh, i think a lot of people have had an exposure to that more contact center type approach where it is back to back to back to call you know back to back calls because as we've gone through the various iterations of lockdown, we've all had this conversation where people see a gap in your diary and put something in it because, hey, you're not going anywhere, are you? So it's you're there. Um, and that relentless 
piece is you know is is quite 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 hard so yeah i I think the cultural side of it is is going to be super important to retain the technical side i think the answer is yeah you could put contact center in teams up i'd quite happily i think go toe to toe with somebody who said you couldn't um not in a physically violent kind of way but you know you know counter arguments yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) come on come on have a go if you're 25 miles away um but uh, you know I, I i do think that there's there's very little little reason why people should be hanging on to their skype for business these days mm-hmm. just to support contact center like I, I think the way forward is to have those home workers you know people who have that uh, dependence where they can't the commute you know if you go that way environmentally and cutting out the commute times and all that pollution and stuff it's the way to go really is to have the remote working if you're an environmentalist you know well, it is, and it's, it's, you know to travel anymore yeah and, and and that's i mean that comes onto a bigger topic and I've, I've written articles about it and stuff in the past where you know you talk about working from home i don't think anybody ever quite saw the pandemic coming in and accelerating no. it at the rate it did but you know even if people go back to a sort of a, a working regime that is um you know they work in the office two days a week instead of completely at home you know that's a 60 percent reduction in emissions yeah and if everybody did it it's a 60 percent reduction in you know traffic on the roads etc so it's really quite a big set of numbers you could play with but i mean we've gone slightly slightly off topic i guess but yeah. you know um I think, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely something worth thinking about. But for me, you know, the, the the commute has always been, in my mindset, extra hours I could be working rather than sat in the car listening to the radio or or, or music or whatever it is. But you know, it's it, it's that balance of not having to add on those extra hours to do stuff I'm more productive. But. I've sort of gone off topic as well. I've known industries or companies who are reducing their footprint in city centres. Um, because the operational overheads of paying for a workstation mm. for a person to sit at, yeah, you know, uh, and they're reducing that. You know, a lot of people say, "No, we're encouraging you to work from home." Mm. Yeah, cool. Because we, we don't need it. Well, now that now that we've gone suitably off topic, <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> I think we should move to topic number three. Okay, so my topic for today, slightly uh, more light-hearted than the other two, is does your choice of background, physical or virtual, make people treat you or view you differently? So an example for you, uh, I called not so long ago, sat with a room full of people, virtual backgrounds on for some of them, uh, and one gentleman sat there with a room full of bright balloons behind him. Can you take him seriously? So do virtual backgrounds affect how people see you? I think it depends on the gravitas. Of yes, the that depends person. word again. Isn't there? there we go. <laughs> anyway, if you're talking to like a CEO and they've got balloons, do you take them seriously? Oh, yeah, you take them seriously. But if you talk to somebody who's you know, just one of your team members and you think, what are you doing with your background? You're not seeing clients like that, are you? You know, it, it really would depend on the who that person is and the topic, I guess. And the, if it's a social event, if it's a business, what what's the meeting? Oh yeah, I'm not, not not so worried about the social. I think people can do what they want on the social side of it within reasons, right. obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just 
more so i was on a call a while ago not with the same one with the balloons uh and someone turned around to me a client said oh you can you can really tell a lot about somebody's background and i've learned a lot about you in the last few seconds right now it's all blurred out but there's a whole bunch of books down one side and then there's a workbench behind me uh, with drawers for various components for the stuff i'm sort of messing around with is that bad does it make me look like a child that i am um or if i went and put up a you know background of star wars does that pigeonhole me into some other kind of category i don't know i've done companies to put up a general one with gdpr because they don't want to see anything in the background so they say right you must have your company logo in the background and always have that as your background i don't like i don't like i don't like the company background thing i really don't yeah. 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 I, I like my escape cupboard in the background <laughs> Um, and I, I that's where you go and hide when things get tough, is it? You can just slide into the cupboard and close the Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in there now, actually. Um, I don't want to live in any world where the choice of background dictates how people treat you, or whether you're using a pickle filter while you're joining a call as a cat, and <laughs> you're here as a live person. Um, I find that they're really useful as, and it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, I find that sometimes the choice of background can act as a bit of an icebreaker with people that you're working with. Um, now, as an example, um, I was um, doing a video call with uh, one of our uh, partner organisations, and I just happened to join with the uh, desktop background being the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> uh, because we were dealing with a particularly difficult technical issue so I thought we can all go to the Winchester and wait for it to blow over because that's what they did in the film to terrible effect um, which was pretty pretty apt um, I've joined I've joined a call with a customer that has had major issues with um, the this is fine meme background behind me um, as an icebreaker to just get them to understand that you know I may be coming in as a third party to help them out with a with a bit of trouble, but I'm still a person. I'm not just a number. I'm not just a consultant. I'm a person. You can have a back and forth with me, and you know it's easier for me to get information from them when they know me as a person. I am slightly crazy. I'll make I'll make a note though that you are a human being. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll keep that. I'll keep that on for, a, for later <laughs> on. I'm, I, I'm I'm not a cat. I'm a live person right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's unfortunate, isn't it? But you do see these ones where people have put filters across their faces, and you just think it's never going to go away. Every time your name comes up, that's what's yeah. going to come up with you. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's also things i find quite amusing about it is um you can go onto a call with you know six eight nine ten well, however many people on it and quite often you'll end up with three or four of them in the same room in the same yeah. seat yeah exactly you know we could all <laughs> we could all jump into into the same room that you're in now um you know kathy yeah but um yeah i i, I guess i don't know i mean the worst i tend to do is this blurring backgrounds and that's typically the thing that drives me to do that is that there will either be um, a mess behind me 
realistically, so if I blur it, it's harder to, to determine that there's a mess. Um, but I'm not actually that bothered about what people really see behind me because it's just it's my office space. I guess some people don't even have an office space because they've been forced to, to work remotely. They might be working out of the bedroom. And like you say, it might be messy, it might be lovely and tidy, but it's still a bedroom and maybe they don't want to let people well, see like, like Like the lady who left something on her bookcase in the background oh. on the BBC News for her, <laughs> yes. You know, I, there are certain things I think that just blurring your background continues is probably not a bad idea, but you know, it's it's real life, isn't it? Does it make any difference? Not really. Does it change how I view someone? No, not really. I sometimes find some people's background distract a little bit because you are looking to see what is on their bookcase, maybe or oh, or <laughs> or do you do that bit where you get the the clarity between the headphones and you're trying to peer through to see what it is behind them? That's uh, just me then, is it? Right, okay. Yes, it's, <laughs> yes it's, it's just you. Um, sorry, Pete. <laughs> more often than not, I'm finding a lot of people don't bother with video calls. Um, Definitely. Well, sorry, yeah. video calls in general. Well, they do the calling, the voice, the audio, but they don't necessarily switch on their cameras. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a pest for that. I, I, I will ask people to turn on their cameras or, like or drop, the white drop people a massive, play. subtle hint about... <laughs> Oh, you're not putting your camera on today, um, which which I find I find really important, especially with this all this you know the last twelve months. Yeah. Um, if I had a pound for every time I had to join one of you, uh, I had to go run into the bedroom to put some clothes on before I had a call with you, Pete. I'd probably have a tenner. <laughs> oh, that's not an image I need. Yeah. So where's where's the where's the blackout filter for other people so just turn your your camera off? <laughs> um so no i mean you know, i i guess most people don't worry too much about it um does it bother everybody i don't know i don't know I, I guess there must be some people who they they see the background and see that you've put up a star wars or a cartoon one or something's on fire or so where they'll sit there and make a judgment about you but would they do that regardless even if you were in the office with them i don't know i think if it's internal you know some people will get upset they think because they think it's not the complete image that you want to portray or some people like you say don't really mind um it's you know it is lockdown people have still have sense of humor depending on what your background is obviously mine's not very humorous um but you know, no, no, I, know. I, I chuckled when you switched that one on i did was... <laughs> but you know it's just people's opinions and what they how they see that they're if it's a company, is it how you want people to behave when they're on video calls? You know, the company it's, image and all that. Or it, yeah, I, I I guess for me, you know, it boils down ultimately. I I I really don't care too much what people have behind them or, yeah. or not. Um, it's the same reason um, that you won't find me wearing a suit is because it's just not me. It's not what I do. It's not how I'll still be smart. Um, but I like to think that I'm actually being paid for the contents of my head and, you know, the information that I've got in there um, rather than what I'm wearing or what, the, you know, the background of my office looks like. So it's, think, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think during lockdown, people have relaxed a lot more. I don't know how many people actually wear suits at home these days from what I've observed. No, I, I mean, we've, we've been doing quite a bit of recruiting and um 
it's interesting to see how many people have turned up to an interview, bearing in mind we've never spoken to them before, and they've just been in a T-shirt. Others have been in full suit and tie. Well, only from the top think, up anyway. <laughs> well, obviously only from the top up, yes. <laughs> but you do think that's quite strange because from that perspective, um, you know, wearing a T-shirt, I'd say even if it's an interview, I would expect somebody to be a little bit smarter. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be in a full suit and tie. No. Somewhere in the middle would have been right. So I don't know. But so what, do we think that choice of background is utterly irrelevant unless it's something horrendously offensive? I think so. Yeah. As long as it doesn't offend, I don't see the problem. Yeah. Cool. Well, there we go then. I can breathe a sigh of relief when I go back onto my next internal call, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much both. That's the end of topic three. Um, once again, uh, I was joined by Kathy Carter, uh, Senior Project Manager, Paul Hayward, Senior Solutions Architect for Modality. Um, I'm Peter Vasey. If you want us to talk about anything in particular on one of the future episodes, uh, please do drop us a note to the modpod at modalitysystems.com uh, and we will be back in two weeks time with another episode. Take care. This is the modpod brought to you by modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere.